Once again, Jesus gives us parables saying that the kingdom of God is like. What is the kingdom of God like? The kingdom of heaven. Now, oftentimes when our Lord Jesus does this, his parables are laden with those peculiarities that capture our attention. There are parts of these parables that are a bit strange, and it is precisely here that our Lord is calling us to go deeper. It's precisely here that the Lord is catching our attention to teach us some, something, some insight about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Let us first begin and look more closely at this very common, very memorable parable about the treasure hidden in the field. It's very short, just a few lines. The treasure hidden in the field. But within these short few lines, we can distill out four points, four interesting pieces of data about what the kingdom of heaven is actually like. First, the kingdom of heaven is a treasure, but it is a hidden treasure. It's very strange. The kingdom of heaven is a hidden treasure. The kingdom of God is not something we can see. It is not something made manifest to our normal human natural eyes, ears, or senses. Rather, the kingdom of God is something that we must discover. We must find it. And we discover it through a journey of faith that takes us beyond what might appear to our senses. A journey of faith that takes us beyond what our senses can grasp and our minds could comprehend. So first, the kingdom of heaven is hidden. Second, if we look at the parable, what does this man finding the treasure actually do? The gospel says, he finds a treasure buried in the field and hides it again. Hmm. So we might think that the man finding the treasure would just take the treasure, right? He's found this inestimable value in this treasure, but he doesn't take it. Isn't that odd? He hides it again. Wouldn't we assume that if we find a hidden treasure, we would simply take it and enjoy it? No, not so with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is not something that can be stolen. It's not something that can be taken unjustly. We cannot grasp at it as if it is our own possession. So yes, indeed, we must first discover it. We must first find it. But once we find it, it cannot be stolen away and possessed by our own. All right, 
Third, third point of information that we get about the kingdom of heaven. Once the man hides the treasure in the field, out of joy he sells all that he has. Very odd. Very interesting. So this tells us that the kingdom of heaven, although it is hidden, we have to find it, although it cannot be stolen or had unjustly, may still be something that we can purchase. We can purchase it. The man, once he finds that the treasure cannot be stolen, still goes and sells all that he has. And even more amazingly, he does it with joy. So even though we cannot grasp at the kingdom of heaven as our own, once we do find it, all else that we do possess seems to be as nothing compared with it. Once we find the kingdom of heaven, we will with joy give up all else that we have in order to keep that kingdom of heaven, almost as if all other possessions we own were nothing but a preparation for or a means to the end of possessing that kingdom. Fourth, after the man discovers the treasure, hides it again, sells all that he owns, he doesn't come back and buy the treasure. No, the man buys the field. He buys the whole field within which that treasure lies. Since he cannot steal the treasure as his own possession, he instead acquires the treasure by buying the entire field. Friends, the kingdom of heaven cannot be stolen, but this does not mean that it does not come and have a price. We can only acquire the kingdom of heaven when we pay for it, in a sense, by giving our all. By giving our all to receive all. And we can only give our all when all that we have is forsaken and placed at the service of that kingdom. We cannot go halfway. There is no receiving the kingdom halfway. We must purchase the whole field. So friends, the kingdom of God is a hidden kingdom, cannot be seen, it cannot be stolen or had unjustly, yet it is of immense value. The kingdom of God is a spiritual freedom offered to us in Jesus Christ and through his sacrificial death. And once we discover that treasure, once we discover that in the depths of our baptized souls, we are united with Jesus in a way that no one can take from us or steal, then we are free. Once we discover that all our joy comes not from worldly riches, but only from our friendship with Jesus Christ, then we are free. Once we discover 
that happiness in Jesus that no one else can steal, no matter what, then we're free. Once we find that happiness, nothing else matters. Once we realize that there is nothing to fear in this world, save the loss of friendship with Jesus, then we are free. Once we realize that Jesus holds us responsible for the actions of no one else around us, but only for our own, then we are free. Once we find that Jesus will judge us in the end, not for others' actions, but only for our actions of preserving that grace in our soul, then we are free. Once we realize that the one who possesses Jesus Christ plus everything else possesses no more than the one who possesses Jesus Christ alone and nothing else, then we are free. That's the kingdom. We're free because nothing can hold us down. We're free because we have bought the whole field in which that happiness lies. And this is why Jesus leads us then to the second parable about the kingdom, that little small pearl. The kingdom of heaven is the pearl of great price that once found, we sell everything else we have to buy that pearl. And that single pearl becomes all that matters. Friends, the kingdom of heaven, friendship with Jesus Christ, is all that matters. It is that pearl for which we must forsake all else to possess and protect. And when that becomes the sole aim of our life, we will find happiness, we'll find peace, and we will be free. We'll be free. Amen.